The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by Kingsters for Kingsters, Poly, Queer, Trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Featuring personalities as their authentic selves, this is What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. It's an intimate conversation with people inside the kink and fetish worlds, as well as educators, sex-positive personalities, and other amazing people sharing their stories of what makes them who they are. And now, here is our own wonderful human with the questions, John or as he is known around the kink and fetish community. Hi there, Catsuit. Hello there, Nookie, and welcome to the program. And now I say, hello there, Nookie, and welcome to the program. <laughs> Hi there, Catsuit. Nookie Notes is our guest today, and she has written an amazing book called Take No Shit. Build better relationships through discovering, creating, and maintaining healthy boundaries in three, sometimes five, simple steps. This has been something that you've been talking about for a long time. How great was it to get it down on oh, paper? Oh, my goodness. Um, it is, it's definitely a journey. Um, but it's, it's right now I'm in editing and illustrating and that's super exciting i i went ahead and i i wrote it out in front of an audience um a bunch of people just joined and and sort of gave feedback as i wrote each chapter and i wrote like 80 some chapters 90 chapters something like that and then i realized i was writing a textbook <laughs> and and i wanted <laughs> something that was a little more friendly and accessible to you know your average layperson who didn't want to, you know, get a master's degree in boundarying. Um, so I went back and I organized it into those three, sometimes five simple steps. And I am um, finalizing the editing and putting in really fun sort of eye-catching illustrations in order to, to get the point across and make it feel like, although there's a lot of words, it's um not such a heavy topic because it's a heavy topic i have <laughs> it is i have been uh doing the audio book of boundary mm -hmm. boss which was suggested to me by the wonderful mistress natalia sedici and it's a good listen but it seems really yeah. heavy yeah as i took a look at the pdf of what you have of the book so far 
it seems to me like a fun read that could be easily a beach read or something that you can read over a few lunches or things like that. I certainly hope so. I mean, I don't want people to think of boundaries as drudgery, right? Mm -hmm. You know, because I mean, I don't know about you, but somehow growing up, I got the impression that having strong boundaries or stating boundaries and being like super authentic and like taking up space was undesirable unattractive you're supposed to you're supposed to help people you're supposed to give you're supposed to be selfless like all of these things and and let's let me be clear I was not raised to be you know your traditional like you know stay-at-home woman or anything I was raised by progressive human beings and yet somehow I still got these messages and I think a lot of people, when they hear boundaries, they imagine kind of like the feeling of all of that, those constraints, be nice, do what people ask you to do, you know? And so they imagine that only in reverse, like, and it's not, it's way more fun and uh, freeing and lightning right like you're you're lifting loads off of yourself so I'm kind of a fun silly crazy person and I figured the book ought to be as well right like I I, I write like I talk I use the word oh in the book, like I talk about <laughs> yes, eye rolling, I talk about, you know, silly conversations I've had with friends, you know, I, I, I try to make it very human, because that's what boundaries are. You mentioned the word nice, being uh, nice. I hate that. And the fact is, nice, as we were growing up, was a wonderful word. You love being called nice. Yeah. Now it seems like, bless your heart, it's one of those things that you think you're saying one thing, but a person can take it so totally different. I, I think that, I think that now we have better understanding the difference between the word nice and the word kind mm -hmm. you know so nice i think to many people now represents a sort of veneer a sort of southern politesse that is not necessarily but more than skin deep right it's mm -hmm. and even so, being told to be nice or being told even to be kind when we are like actually reacting from our authentic selves can still feel like a slap in the face or like a cage door slamming shut. And 
I think it's really critical that we remember that telling ourselves to be nice is very different than somebody else putting that onus mm -hmm. on us. So I don't tell people what to do. I say, hey, here are things you could think about. Mm -hmm. I think kind comes from the heart. I think you can't tell somebody to be kind. Either they are a kind person or they are not. So you can tell somebody to be nice, but if you tell somebody to be kind and they are not wired that way, it ain't going to happen. I think it's mostly true. Um, I think that there are kind people out there who do not behave kindly in specific situations, especially triggering or traumatic situations. And um, it's really funny. I had a conversation with somebody, a gentleman, oh, I don't know, maybe four or five months ago, about trauma and triggers. Mm -hmm. And this gentleman, I, I don't think he was really hip to the ways of the words. And so kind of <laughs> laughed it off, you know, like, what do I do with people who have trauma? And I'm like, bitch, you got trauma too. And he was like, what? I'm like, everybody has some sort of trauma. Everybody has some sort of triggers. You ever been in a conversation with your partner and your partner says something that reminds you of something that your ex used to say that pissed you off? And all of a sudden mm -hmm. you're in a completely different headspace. He's like, yeah, trauma and trigger. Hello, right? This is something where even kind people can react unkindly in certain situations. And I think that's one of the reasons that I think it, it's so important to never attribute to malice what can be explained away by, in some cases, idiocy, but in other cases, just um, emotional reaction, right? Unawareness of the situation, misunderstanding, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then to take that a step further, it being idiocy or emotional reaction or misunderstanding or um, any of those things doesn't actually matter a whole lot if it continues to harm you, right? And this is where boundaries come in. If somebody is doing something harmful, our boundaries are, um, one person that I interviewed said their therapist called them shit shields. Our boundaries are shit shields. When people start throwing shit, we can simply say, no, thank you. We put up that boundary. We walk away and the shit hits it and falls to the floor instead of getting in our hair, our teeth and our eyes. One key word that you said there a couple of times was react and reaction. Mm -hmm. I have tried to teach myself, haven't always been able to do it but tried to teach myself to always respond mm -hmm. and try not to react. And I've found that that serves me pretty well. The, the challenge with that is that to me, 
And I'm, and I'm not saying that the way you're saying it isn't exactly this. I'm saying that the way mm -hmm. that I interpret those words is more along the lines of sort of, again, being nice instead of being kind. Like it's, it's, it's sort of like a, it's like a bandaid put on top of who we are mm -hmm. versus one of the things I talk about when I talk about setting boundaries is the ideas. Um, I'm sure you've heard this boundaries are not rules, right? Um, the, you're, that's absolutely true. Boundaries are not rules. However, what I do is I say, if you're not um, used to setting or maintaining healthy boundaries, having rules can help you. So my boundary might be something along the lines of, um, I will not be in a relationship where I feel less than, right? And that doesn't mean that they made me feel less than. I'm not going to like pick that apart, but simply I'm not going to be in a relationship where I feel less than. So the rule that I set for myself might be, if I begin feeling less than, I remove myself from the situation, right? That way I am not then having the chance to react or respond. I'm simply setting that boundary, putting it in place and giving myself the space to figure out what's going on. Is this something they did? Is this something I did, right? Is this my insecurity going, nah, 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 nah. or did they say, you know, hey, you're a dumbass. Um, by removing myself from the situation, I don't have to really worry about what my reaction would be because my boundary has put up the shield. Mm -hmm. And then at some other point, I can move forward from a place of authenticity. Um, so yeah, I, I, and I, I'm I'm pretty sure that what you mean is something similar, like you're giving yourself the space and you're choosing a different path. I just think it's really important that sometimes we break down this language because a lot of times people will say, well, if I react, I'm going to react angrily. So I'm going to have to pause and I'm going to have to be nice, which is a response. And that's, again, just sort of like a, okay, shove this out of the way and do what's expected or do what, you know, I've been told to do versus what is actually the healthy path for me to take which is sometimes not very nice we've just started on what women and other wonderful humans want presented by dating kinky and when we return with nookie notes we will be talking about the genesis of this and how the obsession to boundaries just took her over when we come back oh wait a minute here's your voice we do this show without paid advertisers and provide it to you as a labor of love. If you want to help the show, as well as contribute to Catsuit's conference fund to get live interviews and teach some amazing classes, 
you can give at bit.ly slash thanks catsuit. Now let's hear from some of Catsuit's friends with some messages for you. Welcome to the Yoniverse. I'm Scarlett. And I'm Anya. The Flaming Yoni podcast is a celebration of the beautiful and unique expressions of female sexuality. From asexual to megasexual, from lifelong monogamy to relationship anarchy, from deep spiritual bonds of sacred union to spur of the moment flames. It is all infused with Yoni energy. Search for the Flaming Yoni on your favorite podcast platform. You will not leave the same as when you came. Are you curious about kink but don't know where to begin? (laughs) Or maybe you have a friend who, while they appreciate your interest in BDSM, they don't really understand what it's all about. You should check out Kink for the Curious. It's a fun little activity book with color pages and word finds, lots of silly puns, (laughs) Uh, but lots of solid... BDSM and kink information written by somebody who's been in the business for almost 30 years. Kink for the Curious, a BDSM activity book for beginners, written by Princess Natasha Strange, and that's me, <laughs> is available on Amazon. Go get it now. We invite you to connect with us on social media so you can follow all the great news about the show. You can find us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1, on Instagram at WhatWomenWantPodcast, and on FetLife at WWWPodcast. And if you want to follow the host, that's easy as on Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife, he is Hi There Catsuit. And now back to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. Back on the program, thank you, Nookie, and hello again, Nookie, as we are joined by Nookie Notes, the founder of Dating Kinky, our executive producer, the person who's given me the amazing opportunity to be able to bring you this show, now approaching 200 episodes this Woo-hoo. fall. How did we ever get there? Um, I think it had something to do with, hey, Nookie, I want to do something. And I'm like, hey, Catsuit, what do you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> and it has been a wonderful journey and looking forward to hitting FetishCon this year and actually doing some live shows, which will be so much. Super fun. exciting. I noticed over the past I want to say year that the word boundaries started coming out of your posts more often than not. And I would say that it became something that just, I'm not going to call it an obsession, but did it become an obsession? Uh, Let's call it a passion, shall we? That sounds so much healthier. Even better. (laughs) A soapbox. Sure, sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. In fact, I'd I'd say probably even a little over a year. Um, Mm -hmm. Probably around the holidays in 2021. um, I did some, 
you know, my, my kinkmas celebration and I did some live shows. And for some reason during those shows, you know, the idea of boundaries just kept kind of pinging in. And so I decided I was going to write a book. And then I spent months deciding to write a book. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And then last year, August of my, um, my 49th birthday was August 30th of 2022. I decided to take a month of sabbatical from writing every single day and to figure out what I was really passionate about. And the first week I had no clue really what I was going to do. And then all of a sudden I had this idea, I'm going to write that boundaries book. And in order to make sure it gets written, I am going to write it live. I am going to write the chapters in front of people and get feedback as I go. And so that's what I started doing. And the more I sort of spent teasing apart what boundaries are, um, the more I realized that everything in my life pretty much touches on boundaries and having learning to build excellent boundaries is what I credit for my absolutely astonishingly good personal life. And so that just made it even more of a passion for me because I began to really start viewing, you know, like, what do they say? Uh, You know, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. (laughs) Mm. When you start viewing the world through the lens of boundaries and ethics, which I should probably explain because a lot of people don't think this way. So to me, boundaries and ethics are two sides of the same coin. Boundaries are how we allow others to treat us, what we expect from our own lives. It's all about what we can control. If you imagine that your skin is the boundary of you, um, your boundaries are the boundaries of your soul right? The, the things that are important to you, the, the, the things that you want to prioritize and the things that you don't want in your life, those are your boundaries. Ethics are how we do, how we treat everything outside of us. So treating other people as if their boundaries matter is as intrinsic to our own boundaries as our boundaries are to us. Because if we do not treat other people as if their boundaries matter. Our boundaries bleed out through that hole in our ethics Um, and vice versa. If we are not treated as if our boundaries matter, then we don't treat other people as if theirs do either because we don't have a clear delineation of this (laughs) this is my monkeys, my circus, those are not my monkeys and that is not my circus. Um, 
so once you began, once I began looking at the world through that lens, I realized that my entire philosophy that I'd been building for well over a decade, the foundation of it is built on boundaries, boundaries, ethics, and how those two things combine to create autonomy in life, love, and relationships. And it was like, bada bing, bada boom, like everything just clicked for me. And I realized that was the core piece to something that has been coalescing in my mind for a very, very long time. And it's kinky and it's vanilla. In kink, we talk more about boundaries, like when we talk about hard limits and soft limits and that sort of thing. But we miss a lot of the more subtle boundaries that go into just relating to other humans. Um, and in the vanilla world, people are freaking awful with this stuff because again, we're not taught these things. So yeah, I feel like um, I sort of, I have my work cut out for me and um, that I'm the one that cut it out, which I, I don't generally identify as a masochist, but you know, here we are. <laughs> I know, especially from my birthday trip down to Florida, where I did four days of self-examination mm -hmm. with <clears throat> a, an amazing person who let me into their world. And I knew for a fact that my boundaries were shit. In catsuit cussing, that's, that's something these days. But what I realized is that, and in my teaching, I talk about mirror view versus camera view. The mirror view is how we see ourselves, but everything is distorted because it's backwards. The camera view is how everybody else sees you. Mm -hmm. But there's this third view, which is also the camera view of, can you see yourself in the fashion that other people see you. And it's when I was able to take that third part that I realized how important my boundaries were. Because if I took myself as everybody sees me, there are some people who hate me. Mm -hmm. I know this. There are some people who love me. I know this. There are some people who say, you are a wonderful human, and I appreciate that. But the ones who kept saying, we hate you, were the ones that were taking up all the real estate in my head. Because I didn't have any boundaries mm -hmm. to protect me. Which is why I love the fact that you've written this. It's, it's huge. It's, um, it's, I, so 
I've sort of taken up a hobby. Uh, I've been going through, um, you know, some surgeries recently, as you know, and um, while I've been, you know, recovering from those and, and so on and so forth, I've, I joined a bunch of um, relationship groups on Facebook and I sort of started a hobby of responding to idiot memes that like have awful advice or ask stupid questions or whatever and responding to people who are actually sincerely asking for advice through the lens of boundaries work. And um, it's terrifying to some people, like people who don't even know me will read something I say that was not even to them and just get incensed that I could dare to hold my head so high or that I could um, conceive of uh, protecting myself, my self-interest, my self-love, you know, my my sense of, of safety and security uh, because the idea that somebody would do that to them and the idea that they've never felt the power to do that for themselves is so incredibly strong. And frankly, that just, makes me do it more like I don't get on there to fight with people I have no desire to fight with anyone in fact I'll I'll tell people like I'm not gonna fight with you you know this is the way I do things you don't have to do it that way I wasn't talking to you and I'm not trying to talk to you um but there is a there's a small percentage of people who I found resonate with that and say hey I'd really like to know more. Um, I'd really like to feel that way. I'd like to be able to say something like that, right? One of the things, so I have a list in my book about what it means to be in a relationship that has good boundaries, um, questions that you can ask yourself about boundaries. And it's things like, I mean, very, what I consider very basic things. Like, do you feel comfortable saying no in your relationships? Um, if your partner is upset, are you expected to do something about it, to fix mm -hmm. it, to change yourself? Um, is your vulnerability or openness in your relationship matched by your partner? And do you 
therefore match your partners when they open up and are vulnerable, right? What about um, when you change your mind in a relationship? Are you supported and validated? And then again, to turn that around to ethics, do you support and validate others? So things like that, um, something as simple as, you know, hey, Katsu, how would you like to go out with, you know, me and some friends tonight and do, you know, karaoke? And you might say, no, 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 you know, I can't. I've got an early morning. I need to get to bed on time. You know, I'm, I haven't been sleeping so well. And it's really important that I'm taking charge of my health. And instead of saying, wow, that's awesome. I wish you the best sleep. Many people are going to be like, ah, oh, come on now. Come on, come out, have a good time with us. Do, you know, and even something as small as that, right? Pushing boundaries. And some people will say, well, that's just dumb, Nookie. Come on. Everyone does that. Yeah, everyone does that. That doesn't make it good, right? What does it mean to feel supported and validated in your relationships, in your friendships? I like to say, you know how um, a lot of people, couples are kind of considered one person, you know, like you got your benefers mm -hmm. of the world, for example, or whatever. <laughs> um, and I have this example because one day it really clicked for me that, oh shit, I've been doing boundaries. Uh, like my girlfriend will call me up or send me a text or whatever and be like, hey, are you are you free for dinner on Thursday? And I'll check my calendar and I'll be like, yes, I'm free for dinner on Thursday. And then I will say, I'd love to do dinner on Thursday is, insert partner's name, also invited. Because of course you could be a plural. And sometimes she'll mm -hmm. say, yes, absolutely. And sometimes she might say, no, let's just do the two of us. Right. If she says yes, then I go to my partner and I say, hey, so-and-so invited us to dinner on Thursday. I have said I would love to join her. You are also welcome to join us if you would like, but no pressure. I know Thursday is usually your mountain biking day. Right? Like, Something as simple, and even if he doesn't usually have plans, like Saturday night, hey, I Saturday night, I'm going to go hang out with some friends and you're welcome to come along. Or if you want to go out with the guys or do something else, you're welcome to do that as well. I just thought I'd let you in on the action, right? And that's as a, a couple that lives together, right? We are nesting partners. Um, and it's simply boundaries. It's understanding that within a relationship, he has the right to be autonomous. And I have the ethical responsibility to always honor that autonomy and not assume <laughs> that he's going to do exactly what I want to do every time. Mm-hmm. And there's the extreme of that where the boundaries are the things that are meant to keep you in something where they say, no, you have to go with me because you're, you're my partner and you have to be there. And the best couples I know are the ones that 
have their own lives and complement each other together. I had an amazing improv director that loved her improv and loved directing. And her her husband was a genius, invented some of the Microsoft things that you use every single day. But he loved uh, mountain bike riding and he loved being a daredevil. And they had two kids and it wasn't a, we have to raise these two kids and do this. They all, they each had their own thing to do. And those boundaries enabled them to be better people together. Because how can you be better people together when you're busy either losing yourself or having yourself stomped away or stomping away your partner, right? And mm-hmm. the, the thing that I think is important to understand is that this is not maliciously done. This is done because this is what we're told relationships are. You gave the example mm-hmm. of you have to be there because you're my partner. I I heard that coming from you. And I know that you have personally said that to somebody about one of your award ceremonies that you had to go to or, you know, about something in the past. This is important to me. I need you there. But do you? Do you need a partner there? Right? Or do we just, we Mm -hmm. want them to support us? Absolutely. But does showing up at an award ceremony mean they support us more than being there for us every day? I'm going to give you something that happened in a recent relationship. And just, I want to hear your reaction. Because this was me setting a boundary that allowed the other person to know that their boundaries were safe. I'd been dating this person about a month, maybe a month and a half. And I had gone to a kink party and had seen a couple and made the mistake of saying, hey, I saw a couple that kind of reminded me of of us. And she said, you're wanting something from me. And I said, no, I just, I want you to know that I'm I'm there to be your friend and I want to develop in this relationship. And she goes, well, I think you want more. I said, okay, I'm going to do two things here. Now she's a dom. So this was a relationship building with somebody who I would absolutely love to establish a relationship with. I said, person's name, I hereby take sex off the table so you don't have to worry about me coming after you for sex. And furthermore, I will never ask you to play with me because in my heart, the desire of you to play with me is more important than me needing you to play with me. I want to be wanted. And after that, suddenly everything relaxed. We got along so much better. 
I think many humans in this day and age feel this tremendous pressure that things are so assumed that everybody wants sex. Or if you're in kink, you, you have to play all the time. But the fact is, I knew that her boundaries were being pushed a little bit and she was being uncomfortable. So that was me trying to identify her as I take a look at your six types of boundaries, her intellectual, physical, sexual, and time, all those. Now, some people said I was crazy for saying that, but I said, why do I want to play with somebody who doesn't want to play with me and is playing out of obligation? Mm -hmm. I think that's huge. Um, and to me, what you just said there goes back to the respond versus react in the sense that you were able to authentically say what I want is a relationship that honors both our boundaries, not a relationship that puts my needs and desires above yours. And that is something that I feel many people are going to say, I believe in consent, and they are still going to deeply desire to put their needs and wants above somebody else's because that's that's who they are that's how we've been molded is to constantly look for our ways to you know get our to grab our needs and wants from others whereas you were called crazy for saying how about I'll let you give me what you most desire to give me. And that will be the basis of our relationship. And I call that creating a relationship in the sweet spot. The sweet spot is the Venn diagram of this is what I want. And this is what you want. And that overlap, that's where we create a relationship of healthy boundaries of strong consent. And if you want something that I don't want, that's not part of our relationship. It doesn't mean that I couldn't collaborate with you on ideas for you finding that elsewhere or getting fulfilled by that in some way, shape, or form. Um, but I feel that there are very, very few people in the world who are going to be able to look at somebody that they desire and say, I only want it if they want me. Which, to, to, to bring this in a little bit into kink, <clears throat> one of the things a lot of people really enjoy in kink, and I'm not, I'm not judging, I'm saying this is how I see it, right? One of the things a lot of people really enjoy in kink is consensual non-consent or the idea of I can make you do something 
for me that you wouldn't do otherwise. For me, the way my brain and body even interpret that, it leaves me cold as a fish and dry as the Sahara. What gets me off is somebody I adore convincing me that they want and desire whatever me and whatever it is we're doing together more than anything else. And that mm -hmm. love and desire fills me to overflowing with like consent on freaking steroids, right? And that is what gets my fires hot. It's the old domly dom thing. I'm going to have you do things because I want you to do them, yada, yada, yada. And some people do like mm -hmm. that kind of instruction because they want to turn their brains That's totally it. off. But my gosh, the the scenes that you can have when both people are moving in the same direction. Mm -hmm. Collaborative. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I... When I negotiate scenes, first of all, I learned something amazing from an amazing dom named Aurora Dawn, who, who owns one of the spaces up here uh, in Cincinnati, gorgeous space called the Sanctum. And she wrote in her FetLife profile, don't ask me to play with you, but if you'd like to, tell me that you're open to it and let me decide. Mm -hmm. And I found that to be an amazing boundary to set, number one. And number two, it got me thinking about the way that I ask people to play. To where I now have gotten to the point of saying, I know you have a busy schedule or I know that you have your partners, but I am always open for you to take a journey with should you ever want to. Mm -hmm. Because the more you ask for something, as opposed to say, I am open to it, the more people put boundaries up. And that's that goes back to our trauma responses. Mm -hmm. So uh, the previous situation that you mentioned when you said, I saw a couple that reminded me of us and she immediately like put up walls and was like, I think you want more. Mm -hmm. That is, you know, that's a trauma reaction from she's had so many people pushing for more and she just doesn't want to go through that again. Mentally, it's draining. Mentally, it's frustrating. You know, there's so many things about that. Um, part of that though and I'm not saying this was her her headspace, but part of that is a lot of people then feel a need, oh, cat suit, you want more from me than I can give you. Therefore, I must manage your expectations. I must manage your feelings. Whereas from my perspective, it's not 
about that at all. Your feelings and your expectations are really none of my business. Um, to me, it's all about how do you behave and engage with me? And if you behave and engage in a way that is unacceptable to my boundaries, I will simply say so. I don't need to know why. I don't need to know if it's because you want more or because you're halfway in love with me or because you think I'm a precocious twat. All I know is that this behavior is unacceptable, so I'm simply going to say something or I'm going to remove myself from the situation. That way, I've I've discovered that, you know, a, a girlfriend of mine, uh, one of my um, protégés, really, she likes to say, what people think of me is none of my business. And mm. really what it comes down to is I don't try to analyze why somebody is doing something because then it's going to give me emotional responses to it. And they could be wrong. Oh, Katsuit did this. And it's because he thinks this, that, and the other thing about me. And I just can't have that. So I'm going to snap back. Versus, mm. hey, Katsuit, please don't do that. Or, you know what? I don't like that word. That word doesn't work for me. Don't ever call me that again. You know, or... Something like that, because it's to me, it's about the behavior. And if you care about whatever connection we might have, you will listen to what I have to say and you will put effort into it. Whether that effort is, oh, I'm so sorry, I can't change, that's an authentic part of my personality, or the effort is, oh, well, heck, Aruni, that's going to be really hard to change, but I'm going to do my best. And if you can remind me if I overstep again, that would be super awesome. Mm -hmm. um, when I was about ready to go through my first surgery, my partner and I were in the car going somewhere and I was talking about some plans that I was making. And I said, so um, one of the things I'm going to be doing for my convalescence is, and he says, I don't like that word. What word? Convalescence? He says, yeah, I don't like it. I'm like, why don't you like it? He's like, it sounds negative. I'm like, what word would you prefer? Mm. Recovery? He's like, that word works. Okay. And then I just never used the word convalescence around him. I use the word convalescence because it's a part of my vocabulary, but I don't use it around him because it makes him uncomfortable. How freaking simple is that? Right? But how many times, and I know you've done it, and I know I've done it, how many times have we argued over a choice of a freaking word because we mm -hmm. didn't want to be wrong? When what we really need to focus on is that does me no harm to give up that word in a conversation with somebody, and it does them harm if I don't. Mm -hmm. Right. So, of course, I want to give that word up when I'm talking to him. Simple boundary. It's and some people again, some people are going to say, Nookie, really? That's what you got there. But yeah, the little things matter. They add up. Right. When you talk about your your ex and the things that annoy you about your ex, very rarely is it going to be like the big abusive things because you leave people for that stuff. It's going to be the little mm -hmm. things where they invalidated your boundaries and your sense of self. 
even though you ask them not to. It's going to be the stupid pet name they kept insisting on calling you, even though you hate it, right? And they're going to do it just to needle you instead of being honoring of your request and never, ever wanting to hurt you on purpose, right? All of these things, like all of these things come down to, do we have boundaries? Do we have healthy boundaries? And do we have strong ethics? Mm -hmm. And when you talk about my ex, of course, the thing that I always go back to is one time in more than 20 years of marriage, one time, did she ever say, I'm sorry? And so, yeah, exactly. Right. Like it's just, and I, I think, I think everyone has a story like that, right. About, about an ex or something like, it's just my ex-husband never told me I was beautiful. Now, granted, I never expected it. Hmm. Never. Um, I've always been, you know, more intellectual than physical focused. It's always been my thing, but then I realized, you know what? I deserve to be told I'm beautiful by somebody who says they love me. And I need to turn that around and constantly, you know, tell them that I find them attractive as well. Not just think it in my head, not just know it, not just assume that they understand it, but to give them the value of that assurance on a regular basis. Again, my boundaries are, I will not be in a relationship with somebody who doesn't make me feel beautiful and attractive to them. And my ethics are, I will always endeavor to make my partner feel attractive to me and make sure that they know that I find them attractive because those things are important. That may not be as important to them as it is to me, there's, you know, like love languages come into play, being able to give them love in a way that they receive it best. Um, that's a part of ethics as well. Like, I don't want them giving me love in a way that I don't really grok it. Um, it, it and once you look at all of this stuff, and, and this is to say that this book, which is probably going to be several hundred pages long with lots of cool pictures. Um, once it's finally edited and friendly as heck in the way it's written and so on and so forth. Um, you know, all of you that are listening could just skip the book and just get down to brass tacks and say, okay, I'm just going to set good boundaries. and I'm going to have good ethics. Most people <laughs> I'm going to say are going to be like, yeah, but how do I really do that and make it stick? And that's where the book, breaking it all down and going bit by bit and asking all of these questions makes the difference, right? Yes, we could do it all ourselves and we could pick it all apart and find out where all of these itty bitty little things are and figure it all out. I mean, that's kind of what I had to do after my abusive marriage. But I'm endeavoring to create something that makes it so much easier and so much more friendly-like. Um, and to give you examples of, you know, you mentioned, you know, intellectual boundaries. And um, so the, 
the sample that I sent you that we're talking about right now for the people that are listening, um, I'm actually creating a sample PDF that is going to be available um, maybe by the time this interview comes out, maybe right afterwards. Um, but it's essentially the first 100 pages or so of the book. And it includes the full introduction. It includes um, starting with, you know, well, what are the six types of boundaries? And then it includes the emotional boundaries chapter and the intellectual boundaries chapter. And intellectual boundaries, when you think about that, has anybody ever taught you about your intellectual boundaries? Right? Like, what what are intellectual boundaries? And so I go in and I talk about, you know, different types of thought, like creative thinking, and how you might put boundaries around that and how your creative thinking might have been stomped on in the past, right? Like, so what do you do to inspire your creativity? How have people discouraged your creativity in the past? Um, how are you being creative, right? What do you do every single day to nurture your creativity? Just the act of asking yourself these questions starts bringing up answers and makes the process of boundary setting so much easier. Nuki, it's an amazing project and I'm looking forward to seeing not only the progression of it, but when you do get it finished. And of course, we will talk so much about it on the show. When we come back on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, we're going to have some fun with Nuki. We're going to talk a little bit about the future. And when we come back on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Aiden Kinky. Hi, this is Venus, and I have a special message going out to all the single ladies listening right now. What if you could have a committed, loving relationship with a partner who is monogamous to you, but who would love to see you have sexual experiences with others? Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it's not. You really can have your cake and eat it too. You can have it all. Learn more at venusconnections.com. That's venusconnections.com. This is Alicia Zadig, author of the new book, Yes, Mistress. I'm also Mistress Alicia, a leading dominatrix and BDSM expert. My book, Yes, Mistress, takes you on a provocative, eye-opening journey into the erotic worlds of kink, fetish, and female domination. Join me for a fascinating conversation. Male submission is more common than you think and more rewarding than you can ever imagine. Yes, Mistress, now available on Kindle, and you can order your copy at yesmistress.com. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Recently, we put together a brand new book called Hearts and Collars, reflecting 20 years in a power exchange relationship. It's 350 pages of what we've been living for the past 20 years. Indeed, and it's got chapters like communication, power exchange and spirituality, how to be a leader, high protocol, becoming a follower, rituals, the new porch time, victim, survivor, and thriver, 
Power Exchange and Polyamory. Submissive versus Wife. The Practical Contract Guide. Relationship Shorthand. As well as other tools and experiences we've had over the years. Check it out at eroticawakening.com slash hearts and collars. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. Hi there. I'm Nookie. My pronouns are she, hers, and I'm the founder of Dating Kinky, a different kind of dating and educational site for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Catch me in my own podcast, Dating Kinky. And now back to John and their guest on what women and other wonderful humans want. Thank you, Nookie. And hello once again, Nookie. It's just (laughs) fun to say. Nookie Notes is our guest talking all about boundaries. And there seems to be no bounds as to where you can take this particular subject with all the different things that you can do with Mm -hmm. it. I know that your workshop is in progress and getting ready to to take off in big ways. What are some of the other things you have in mind? So we also have a um, Take No Shit app, which is going to be daily boundaries journaling. So it'll ask a question every day. It might include a link to like a blog post or a video or something like that. And people will be able to either use it as a diary in which they just answer the questions as the prompts come up and keep them private to themselves, um, or they'll be able to answer them publicly and engage with other people through those answers. Um, Ultimately, uh, all of our Dating Kinky Plus members will also have the option to um, specifically share their answers with a partner or partners um, and create their own special like groups and connections for talking about and sharing boundaries with people that, you know, we, we live with, we love with, we like with, you know, that sort of thing. Um, So yeah, that's where, that's what I'm working on as far as, you know, the actual boundaries um, focus stuff goes. I think those three things are the big ones. And then from there, it's stepping out into other topics. I'll be rewriting uh, and updating like my communication book. Um, and I'll be uh, updating and rewriting my uh, non-monogamy book at some point um, as well. And sort of pulling all of those things in together to create um a foundational platform for people's needs right when it comes to relationships and kink and all the crazy wonderful fucked up things that we do together <laughs> has it been 5 years since we've known each other now oh gosh uh yeah uh-huh. yeah Way back in in Cope days. Gosh, I miss Cope in winter wickedness. But I actually uh, talked to Brett Sheba today uh, on text because we're going to be getting together to discuss some amazing things. But I'll never forget meeting you just outside of the elevator. I do remember that. At Cope. And we talked about our writing. And we've had such this amazing working relationship throughout all these years. Um, 
this podcast has brought me such joy and I hope that it's brought joy to the listeners as well, because the stories that we've been able to tell have been phenomenal. The experiences that I've started to have from the podcast have been phenomenal. I'm just going to ask because I'd love your view. Have we been what you've wanted us to be? That's kind of a trick question. Um, I think that I'm going to, I'm going to turn this into a boundaries lesson. Um, Good. I've never really thought of what women and under, other wonderful humans podcast as something that needed to be something. Um, for me, this was a project that you were passionate about and it fit well with my passion for education and communication and kinky people and supporting the community and, you know, bringing people together and connecting people. And frankly, if it only connected you with one other person, but that made you happy, that that would have been fine with me. I, I would say that the podcast is probably exceeded what I'd hoped because, you know, for me, it was like, okay, this is, this is something Catsuit can do to be passionate about. Cause you, when we talked about it originally, you'd sort of like given some things up in your life and you were looking for something new to devote yourself to. And I was like, this could be something that I can help make happen that, you know, Catsuit can devote himself to. And to me, I think it's become so much more than that. And it's brought you a newfound sense of self and your belonging mm -hmm. in the world and what you have to offer. And it's an honor to be able to help facilitate that journey in the way that I do. And it's not, I don't do all that much, but I'm glad that I can. Nookie, my gratitude towards you um, doesn't have any boundaries. <laughs> um, you have enabled me to find my authentic self. You've enabled an old TV guy to be able to continue interviewing and continue just being able to tell the stories of such amazing people whether they be a extremely well-known dominatrix who is just so famous that men just dream about getting to talk to them and suddenly I get to, to the doms that are just starting, to the educators that are trying to get their different works out to the public, to some of the athletes that have joined me because they see the fact that being authentic and not being a character, but being their authentic self makes so much difference to them. I so appreciate you. I so appreciate 
Ryan and the entire and Bettina and the entire group that makes this thing work. And so I wanted to at least take a few moments to publicly say thank you and look forward to another season as long as people keep saying yes we'll keep doing the show and i've been amazed at the people who have said yes <laughs> and to the people who keep saying yes by pushing play on every single episode you know i mean that's those people the people that listen the people that you know read my books, the people that watch my videos, the people that join us for our educationals, all of, you know, this, that's it. I, I like to say in business, I have a win, win, win goal. I want to win. I want whoever I'm doing business with to win. And then I want the people that we serve to win. And I'm sitting here thinking that it's probably no coincidence that what women want and win, win, win are all three W's because <laughs> I mean, this is a perfect example, right? You're not just winning by, you know, living your life more authentically and finding your space in the world. You know, I'm winning because, you know, I get to, I get to facilitate that. And, um, that's amazing for me. And then the people who get to listen to all of this and learn and participate in these stories, they're obviously winning because they keep doing it. So I think we got it. And I think the best is yet to come for both of us. Always. Nookie, I can't thank you enough, as I said, and thank you for spending time with us. I'm looking forward to seeing how this work progresses. And uh, when you are all ready to go, of course, we will have all the news about it right here on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Thank you, Nookie. Thank you. So should I say, bye, Nookie. <laughs> What an amazing opportunity it is to talk to Nookie Notes, the founder of Dating Kinky. And as I mentioned, the person that allowed this show to actually happen. We're going to continue doing this show as long as I said people continue to say yes. And we thank you for saying yes to listening to the show every single week. Here's what's coming up on the next edition of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Presented by Dating Kinky. Next time on the program, it's the producer of the new kink documentary, Touch Kink. Max joins us to talk about how the documentary happened, its premiere at DomCon, and so much more as it goes to festivals all around the world. Max, the producer of Touch Kink, next time on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. A new edition of the show premieres next Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. And thank you so much, Nookie, for joining us. And to you, our listeners, thank you. We're getting ready to get the countdown to FetishCon started, and we will be talking to many, many personalities that will be appearing at the FetishCon coming up August 10th through 13th. 
in St. Petersburg, Florida. You can get your all-access tickets now by simply going to fetishcon.com. We're going to be there. We're going to be moderating panels, doing a live red carpet look. I get to be Ryan Seacrest, except wearing a cat suit, and also be moderating panels, which will be absolutely phenomenal. So I hope you will join us live at FetishCon. Until then, and until next week, I'm John, also known as Hi There Catsuit. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time, and I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What women and other wonderful humans want connects with you. Join us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1, on Instagram at WhatWomenWantPodcast, for our kinky friends on FetLife at www.podcast and now select shows are available in video format at youtube.com slash dating kinky this has been a presentation of dating kinky built by kinksters for kinksters poly queer trans folk and anyone not quite vanilla and it's free <laughs> <laughs>